Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. All right, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I'm excited to be here live with a friend, uh, my buddy Bill Smith. Bill, you doing good today? Doing very well, thank you. Okay, well, I'm gonna pray, and then I'll let you introduce yourself. And sure, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun, and hopefully, not get into too much trouble. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> okay, Father, we thank you for your grace that's upon us. I thank you for uh, calling us uh, your sons and calling us into ministry, and giving us the families you've given us and the churches that we get to serve. You've been so kind, and I thank you for a brother and a friend. It's been great getting to know him uh, over the last couple of years, and even just more recently with everything that's been going on in our world. And so, I thank you for the fruit of some of the madness that's been going on. Um, and I just ask that you lead this discussion, help us as we talk about ecclesiology, missiology, Romans 13, uh, just why is it important for us to come back together as the body of Christ, and uh, just stuff like that. Lead us, I trust you all, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, for my audience, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are, Bill, and tell us, okay, who you are, uh, tell us your family, uh, and about your family, and then what it is you do, and how long you've been in ministry, just give us a bio. Sure, my name is... Bill Smith. I'm a pastor of Cornerstone Reformed Church here in Carbondale. Um, and I'm married to Susan, and who has been my wife for 30 years come June 2nd. Congrats. And we have six children and three grandchildren. Um, so we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I've been here in Carbondale for two years. I, before then, I was pastoring in a PCA church in Louisville, Kentucky for 13. And, um, but I'm originally from South Louisiana. Okay, so, so you pastoring for thirteen years in Louisville. Any churches before that? Yes, that yes, pastor? yeah. I've been. I, I started. <laughs> I started pastoring. I don't recommend this. I started mm-hmm. pastoring when I was twenty. Really. And so I've been wow. doing this for about 30, okay. 30 31 years. So. so how'd that work in the Presbyterian world? Were you Presbyterian when you? No, I was. Okay. I was Baptist back then. Okay, so gotcha. it was a lot easier. <laughs> So we'll have to get some jabs. You, you couple, <laughs> yeah, that's right. A Baptist and a Presbyterian <laughs> get together for a podcast, and we're not even going to talk about it. No. <laughs> so my but my way of getting ordained was I. This is just the Baptist way or the non-denominational way. I just asked a pastor buddy of mine. I said, "Hey, would you ordain me?" And he said, "Well, sure, when." <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the way it happened with me. I, uh, that and it, that was strange. They asked me about two or three questions, and yeah. that was it. And yeah. The, pretty, there was no counsel. There was no questions for me. It was just you know, going around the room and affirm this man's call, and yeah. we'll pray over him, and that's what it was. That's kind of the way it was. And okay. uh, when I was when I was twenty, and that was, I, I do not recommend that route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you you've learned a lot of lessons over the years. I have. So, so now you've been in pastoral ministry then over over twenty years then. Yeah, close thirty. Thirty, almost yeah. thirty years. Okay, man, that's great. Okay, so we've been thinking about. And before we started recording this, you and I were just talking about um, everything's going on. If, if to just to timestamp this a little bit, everything that's going on with COVID nineteen or coronavirus or the corona or the China virus, whatever you want to call it, is we're in the heat of that, the thick of that. And right. now we're having discussions. Pastors are getting together. Uh, churches and elders are gathering and wondering when can we come back together. And we're in Illinois, and. A lot of the discussion that I'm hearing, it seems to be uh, kind of bubbling up to the surface. Where, and from people who love the Lord and love the church, there's not a robust understanding of why it's important. From what I can tell, there's just not a robust understanding of why it's important to gather on Sunday morning. And right. it seems to be a, a massively underdeveloped ecclesiology, understanding of the yeah. Lord's Day, 
so you just preached, you said on that, why don't you kind of give us an overview of what, and we think about words here, so you can, as you're listening in, think about categories. There seems to be a heavy emphasis on missiology in the church today. And if you're going to church plant, if you're coming out of seminary, you've been studying urban missions, you've been talking about the 1040 window, you've been talking about missional living and contextualization, and I mean, out the wazoo, and very little on ecclesiology. Maybe yeah. maybe a class on church polity and administration or something like that, yeah. but coming out with a vastly underdeveloped ecclesiology. So why don't you just kind of talk through some of the dangers of that, why it's important, just kind of wing it. Just talk to me about why that's why those sure, things are important. Sure, yeah, and, and of course, all that all those things are important, and they are a part of the church's mission in the world. Um, however, there's, there does seem to be a lack of understanding of why we need to be assembled on the Lord's Day. And mm-hmm. um, we have the, the command in Hebrews chapter 10. Right. Uh, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together is the manner of some myth. And that uh, that verse, and we, we see it somewhat as a almost a, a bald or maybe arbitrary command mm-hmm. in Scripture. And but God always has reasons right. why we're to be gathering, or why why He gives commands. His commands are always good, and that means that, that they're always good for us. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the context of Hebrews, especially, that's um, that's an important that's an important context. You, they are on the brink of war. Uh, the Jews, probably written in the mid '60s, either right before Rome invades Jerusalem or right at the beginning uh, of, of the time Rome is invading Jerusalem, and they are um, the Jews are probably most most likely calling for patriotism. Okay. You know, you got to stand up. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be counted with the Jews. You got to fight the invading Romans. Those types of things, but Jesus had told them thirty plus years earlier that this was going to happen, mm-hmm. and that they're going to be persecuted. And in fact, Hebrews says, "You've not yet resisted unto blood." I mean, you, in fact, you haven't given your life for your faith. But things have gotten hard. Yeah, and it would seem like in that time where all that pressure is is coming on them, that. Um, God would be a little more understanding mm-hmm. right. <laughs> about meeting together. Yeah. Their lives are being threatened. Their families mm-hmm. are being threatened. Yeah. And yet in the, midst, in the midst of it, he tells them, come together. Uh-huh. Don't, don't neglect it. In fact, in that whole passage, mm-hmm. if they neglect the coming together, mm-hmm. they, are, they are apostatizing. Yeah. Um, and, wow. he, and he warns them about all. You know, he warns them about falling into the hands of the living God and counting the blood of the covenant wherewith they were sanctified an unholy thing and doing despite to the spirit of grace and mm-hmm. all these things. And, and it's centered around them coming together, assembling as a church. So yeah. it seems like that would be just kind of a cruel command mm-hmm. at that particular time. And, uh, but in the midst of it, um, God says, no, you don't, need to, you don't need to forsake the assembly. Yeah, that's good. And so you have to ask why. Well, and... I wrote some on this. I, I preached on it last Sunday. I, I wrote some on um, Kyperian.com um, for this. But there are three basic reasons, and just uh, that I that I brought out, and I'll share them quickly because okay. it's. I know we don't have another forty-five minutes, but uh, <laughs> um, basically, we're number one. We're created in the image of a triune personal God mm-hmm. who is eternally gathered together as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father and Son. Uh, word and word and Father are face to face communion mm-hmm. in face to face communion with one another in John one one. The Spirit, as Augustine says, is the bond of love between them, um, and 
they are always in one another's presence. And when they created us as humans, or as image of God, yeah. they created us to be relational mm-hmm. and to be gathered with them and, and with one another. Mm-hmm. And so as humans, uh, it, is, um, <laughs> it is less than human not to be gathered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we have these wonderful technologies. We have uh, ways to communicate that, we, that past generations could only dream of. But I try to relate it to our people like this. I said, you know, if 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 a, if a wife and children have a husband deployed, mm-hmm. um, they're very thankful for phone calls and FaceTime. Yeah. But when he come when the, when the husband and father comes home, it's not like well we've we've, we've, <laughs> we've been talking the whole time. Right. They run, kiss, hug. You know, they mm-hmm. touch because it's That's not good. the same. We all we all know it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so virtual. Life together is not the same as face-to-face communion. So true. The Spirit works between us when we're in the physical presence of one another. Mm-hmm. And so it is dehumanizing mm-hmm. not to meet together. We are the new humanity created in Christ Jesus, and so we are assembled together because we are human. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's, a, there's the humanity of it. There's also the fact that um, uh, we gather because that is what worship is. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we, uh, we are the temple of the living God, uh, a temple that's scattered, or, or actually the church is the church only really when it's gathered. Mm-hmm. The, the Greek word ekklesia, which is most Christians are familiar with, yep. speaks about an assembly. Yeah. We are, so the church is really not the church when it's scattered. Mm-hmm. The church is only the church really in, its, in in reality, when it's gathered together, which I, that that to interrupt real quick, that's no, crucial that's because you hear all the time, you know, the church is not a building. Now it's time for us to be the church, and there's a sense in which, okay, I get what people are saying. Yeah. We don't need to idolize buildings and structures and stained glass, yeah. and I get that. But we are the word church means assembly. I mean, it that's what it means, right? To assemble, that to gather, exactly. So when assemblies can't assemble. You're not assembling, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. So it, it's a little. Um, there, I think there's good intention there. Of, of right, God doesn't hang out in buildings built by human hands. I mean, He's not just sleeping on the pew on the front row in <laughs> local church buildings. But right. but to minimize that and say, well, now we're t- it's time to be the church. It's like, well, my goodness, we we are being the church every day of the week. Right. I mean, out. You know, we're we're doing what people are saying. Be the church every right. single day, all the time. Very rarely, actually, during the week, when it comes to the hours of the week, are we coming together to assemble and actually church? Right, That's, exactly. And even First Corinthians fourteen, in church, like language, in church is used. Those right. two words, in church, the church is quote unquote the church, but that's you can we are to be in church, right. in assembly. Right, and and the metaphors in scripture, which are deep metaphors of the the church being the temple, mm-hmm. uh, we we come together. As living stones, yeah. Peter, we yeah. come together as the church, and the church, the temple is not the temple when it's scattered. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when God when when God scatters a temple, yeah, <laughs> it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have it, and so we come together as the ecclesia, as the church, as the assembly, mm-hmm. and we form the we we form the temple, which is the which is the very throne room of yeah. God, and it is where He comes to sit enthroned in judge. Uh, us and the world. And so uh, there are people who will say, and this is the third reason we gather 
is it's a special time of worship um, because at no other time does God promise to meet with his people as he does when we are gathered together. Now, God is present all the time everywhere, but he is especially present when we gather together as his people. Mm-hmm. When, the temple is, when the temple is gathered, when the temple is built, and God is enthroned there upon the praises of his people, as Psalm 22 speak about, is, speaks about, it is when he comes to judge... Uh, and so I know, like you were talking about just a moment ago, there are good intentions in saying, well, we worship all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can worship. I worship God when I'm on the lake or at the golf course or in the right. woods. Uh, and there's certain truth to that. But there, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Because one of the distinctions, and you can see it, for instance, in the, in the Ten Commandments with the, fourth, uh, with the Fourth Commandment, the Sabbath, very distinct from the six days a week. And there's a purpose for that. And that mm-hmm. is, um, while, while everything flows out from and back into worship, what we're doing all week is dominion taking. And then we bring ourselves and what we've done all week, the fruit of our hands, to present before God. He examines us and then we share a meal together. Mm-hmm. He, he, we take the fruit of the hands, the bread, the wine, every, all these things, and we share this meal together. Um, and that is distinct from everything we do all week. So uh, in one sense, I understand what people are saying. Yeah. Say, I can worship anywhere, anytime, and we worship all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, our dominion taking is very different than what we do on Sunday morning. So, so evangelism and all those types of things, we're Christians all the time. We're only the church when we're gathered, yeah. Uh, and we are, and we have to keep those proper distinctions. They're mm-hmm. certainly related. Yeah, we don't leave the world and come into the church. We bring, we bring the creation and in, into the into the church, uh, but it's transformed there. It's judged there, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a there's a reason why we gather. There's mm-hmm. a re- there there are a number of reasons. God God's not just arbitrarily commanding this to see if we'll jump through hoops and testing us to see if we're yeah. going to just do what he says we're going to, he, he tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants us to be fully human. Mm-hmm. He wants us to yeah. be his people gathered around him in his presence and to be transformed, as Paul talks about in, in 2 Corinthians 3, mm-hmm. from glory to glory by the Spirit who works in between us in face-to-face relationships. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting you know, in that passage in Second Corinthians three, where he talks about the new covenant and the difference between Moses and the veiled face and all those types of things, he said, "We behold one another with unveiled faces, mm-hmm. and we're changed from glory to glory in the presence of one another because the Spirit works between us in that way. Hmm. That just does that does not happen in the same way through phone calls or through Zoom yep. or anything like that. It uh, it's very difficult, in fact, to." shake hands or greet one another with a holy kiss or yeah. whatever and fulfill those commands uh, when you're on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the things that Paul tells us to do. And so the assembly, uh, to, 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 uh, to kind of prolong this lack of assembly is becoming more and more dehumanizing yeah. and de-Christianizing, mm-hmm. really. Uh, it's, it's the same thing uh, because we're, we are redeemed to become fully human mature humans like yeah. the man Christ Jesus so well I think that most uh, I, when I say most I'm painting with I realize I'm 
I do this quite a bit, generalizations, yeah. broad strokes, and I, it seems to me that what people are celebrating, and God can do and use anything he does. He's got his purposes with coronavirus. Yes. The message of the gospel is going forth. Nothing can stop. Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail. I mean, yeah. all those things are true. But it seems like people think that the Sunday morning gathering is strictly about evangelism and mission. And as long as evangelism and mission is happening through technological means, then what's the big deal if we can't meet? Right. And what you're saying is, there's a huge deal. It's like, like right. this is dehumanizing us. This right. is this. We are not existing in the way God has commanded us to exist. We're not going to be flourishing the longer this goes on. There's a reason why isolation is damaging to a person's mind and a person's Absolutely. soul. There's Absolutely. a reason why that's the case. Now, in God's providence, many times throughout history, He's destroyed the tabernacle. He destroyed the mm -hmm. temple. He sent His people into exile. There were certainly times that they could not right. meet based on his judgment. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the things that we have to consider all in, in all this is, mm -hmm. you know, where's, where do we, where are we seeing God's judgment on the church? Where mm -hmm. are we seeing it on the nation? Yeah. Um, and so in his providence, there are times that we are scattered and mm -hmm. we, and, and we have to rethink that. And yes, there are uh, provisional ways we can still pray. We can do, uh, do all those do all those individual things, family worship, and all those things. Mm -hmm. But we have to realize that, like the psalmist, longing for the temple of God, longing mm -hmm. to be in festival yeah. uh, with God, as as Psalm eighty seven speaks about. God loves the gates of Zion more than all the houses of, of Jacob. He he loves it when his people are gathered together more than all of our little family worships. Mm -hmm. uh, and he he wants us gathered together. And the psalmist long for that psalm 42 mm -hmm. 43 yeah. they want to be they want to be gathered with the people of god and when we're away from that we should have that we should have that longing even though god may be judging us at that particular time we can't just settle and say oh well this is the where it, where it is and and uh, maybe uh, we'll just we'll just settle here yeah and uh it should always be a drive to get back yeah uh, and, and this is a moment and a season to lament i mean it really absolutely. is to to Long for human contact, human touch, yes. handshake, a hug, greet each other with a holy kiss, what, whatever that application is right. in, in our world today, the bro, right. the bro hug or whatever. Um, but there, it is a season to lament. This is, a, this is not, certainly there are things to look at and say, well, look at what God is doing. But when right. we think about the commands of God and how the community, how the body of Christ is intended to function scripturally, then we have to look at what's kind of look up from the pages of scripture, look at our world, and say, "Man, there's something wrong here." Right. There's this is not right. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's uh, kind of walk carefully, but but boldly. <laughs> we have friends, pastor friends, that are going to see this differently than us. Okay. There's Absolutely. this is going to go out, and I'll be publishing this here pretty soon. So we know pastor friends in our re region in our area that see some things differently. You and I see things pretty similar about yeah. this situation. Okay. Let's talk Romans 13 and let's talk about sure. obedience to government and the role of government, the role, uh, the, the, the principles in Romans 13 or the commands in Romans 13 as they are applied in different government structures. Um, several different things that we can talk about and still yet honor those who are going to see this different. And uh, there are people in our church that are struggling through this, just hardline Romans 13ers. And, and uh, let's bring a little bit different perspective than the common narrative. How about sure. it? Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, Bill, the church is uh, the, the state of Illinois has said that we can't gather in groups larger than ten. Yet you've been meeting for three weeks. So how are you not violating Romans thirteen? Very good. Well, um, let's begin with um, I guess 
like the book on your desk right now, The Doctrine of Lesser Magistrates. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we've, we have worked with local authorities, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, but also careful to let them know that they, they do not dictate uh, the worship of the church. Mm-hmm. They need to work with us to make decisions. We are, uh, we are the city of God. We, mm-hmm. we, we have our own uh, court system, we have our own government, and we are glad to work with the civil magistrates about uh, the general welfare of the community. That, mm-hmm. that's what Let me just about. interject a yep. thought. So for those who are not familiar with the, the terminology civil ma- magistrates, magistrates is you're talking about judges, you're talking about police, any governing authorities in a local area right. that's, that's elected elected leaders, representatives, these are, so the higher magistrates would be, I mean, President Trump in our country, all the way down to a local city mayor. So you have higher and lesser magistrates. Right. That, so if you're not familiar with that terminology, that's what we're talking Very about good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And so we worked with ours and um, and said, look, we'll, you know, we respect the fact that the, uh, uh, the, the nature of this pandemic and we want to, to pe- we want people to be, uh, to have relative safety mm-hmm. we, and be protected um, and uh, we've worked with our local our local officials and and they've worked with us and so that's why we're that's why we're meeting and um, the uh, now as far as as far as the Romans 13 uh, goes with all of that is that you know there are a number of there are a number of factors at work there um, Paul was in the Roman Empire and when he said that. And he was under one of the craziest emperors that ever ruled in, in Rome. Right. Um, Nero. And so I, I can respect that. I mean, he, Nero made our governor and a number, a number of other governors look like uh, conservatives. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they, he, was, he was crazy. Bad dude. He was a bad dude. But they did have, they also had local magistrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were there were times, uh, and our but our government structure is is different mm-hmm. than theirs, and uh, we have the Constitution. Uh, one of the one of the hallmark phrases in our country is "Lex Rex," the yep. law is king. Um, and so there we go, there, Samuel, Samuel Rutherford, there, right, right, Samuel there. Rutherford. Right, right, the law the, the law is king. Yeah, and so that we don't have arbitrary uh, monarchs telling us. Are making up laws as they go, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, the laws have to be executed by uh, individuals. They have and, and elected individuals, but that does not mean that they cannot be challenged. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm not saying this is just an American thing. We have a right to appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul does this. Paul does I mean, this. Paul, yes, does exactly. This. And that's I'm, I'm going to Caesar. That's right. And uh, you know, when when whenever he was. Uh, Whenever they were going to mistreat him, mm-hmm. he says, "I appeal to Caesar." Yeah, um, and in he, other words, he wouldn't just subject himself exactly. to their treatment. Exactly, and and he had in mind the advancement of the gospel. Yeah. Now, again, this gets into what the gospel is and, and the full orbed gospel life. Mm-hmm. This is not just about evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about the advancement of the gospel, the church is absolutely necessary mm-hmm. uh, in in within that within that gospel ministry. And so, when we're talking about appeal, mm-hmm. like to the First Amendment of the Constitution mm-hmm. uh, and the right to free assembly and all those things, which have, have been 
I mean, those are the foundational principles yeah. in our country. I, it would be, to me, it would be wrong not to use every advantage that we have yeah. to advance the gospel, mm-hmm. and uh, which includes assembling ourselves together. Yeah. And so, and and and, you know, um, I I would also I would also pose this question to my brothers um, who would say, you know, well, you have to Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen, you have to submit. Um, and we can't meet unless they tell us we can meet. I, I, I just wonder what my brothers and sisters in the underground church in China yeah. or North Korea or Afghanistan, what they would say to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you see, they're finding ways to meet. They're finding ways to meet. Yeah. And that, that they're assembling, mm-hmm. uh, they're assembling together. Now some, I've heard it said, you know, they're not telling us we can't preach Jesus. They're not mm-hmm. telling us. We can't pray. We, you know, they're not telling but, us. But all they are things. defining what is. They exactly. are defining what's essential and what is not essential. And right. those things matter downstream. When you can go buy weed, right, right, in, at the airport in Marion or wherever you can right. go buy weed, and you can go get alcohol. Uh, all right. <laughs> so they are making judgment calls here they about are. what's more and less important. They they are, and and we have to we have to consider, you know, is meeting essential? Mm-hmm. Right. And our brothers and sisters around the globe who are under dire persecution mm-hmm. um, they consider meeting essential yeah and to the risk to, to risk their lives the Hebrews 10 type mm-hmm. uh, risking their lives yep. uh, to assemble together and uh, it's uh, that that's one of those places where you say okay well they're they're the Romans 13 applies to them as well but yeah they, they have commanded what God Forbid, yeah. or, or they—they they have commanded what, uh, or they are forbidden, forbidden what God, what God commands. commands. I'm trying to get the phrase right. That's right. Uh, they are forbidden what God commands, and our and and our brothers and sisters around the world are saying we can't abide by that. Yeah. And they're doing what what uh, Peter said. Yeah. We well, ought to obey God rather than there, we ought to. And so the the Christian faith is public. It's to to enter into the Christian faith through baptism is a public demonstration. Yes. To gather and assemble, like there's an ongoing public nature of the right. Christian faith, even in closed countries. You have to get out of your house and go to that assembly place, wherever it may be. There's there's you there's a public nature to it that drives you out and into assembly. Right. And and so whether that comes with risk or not, I mean, the church has always been down through the history of the church. I mean, we've always now we're right. so risk averse. We're like, oh my gosh, you know, non Christians are going to be so angry at us for gathering. Well, right. so like <laughs> they have been for thousands of years. <laughs> I know we're going to hurt our witness. Well, I mean, it, last I heard, the power of the gospel is through. The, I mean, the, the power of salvation isn't through my actions. Certainly, uh, certainly, I can be an unnecessary jerk to somebody right. and and shut somebody down from hearing me on a certain or particular occasion. Yeah. But if I just put my finger in the wind and just ask, okay, what's going to make people mad or angry by my actions? I'll find somebody that's angry about anything. Right. Like we should obey God rather right. than man. Okay, so let's let's think about um, a few things here. That okay, let me get it right now because you're so you messed up. Now I'm gonna try to get it right. So we can't. Uh, whenever the state commands what God forbids or forbids what God commands, we are obligated, based on principles we see in Acts chapter five, to obey God rather than man. Absolutely. Okay. So now. It seems like people are drawing lines in different places, but I'm thinking through categories here, okay, of, of things that God has commanded us to do that currently the state is saying you can't do, okay? Right. Um, 
Number one, assemble, so gather. Right. That's what we've been talking about here. Uh, also work. There are 33 million Americans, 33 million. Last I've seen, around 40,000 people who have died from the coronavirus. And just to let that sink in, folks, this is not like, uh, these, these are statistics that are put out by the CDC. Um, in 2017, there was something like uh, close to 60,000 who died during the flu season. We're talking about this is not these are not inflated numbers for a, for a season. There, there has not been many deaths from this, and mm-hmm. if you've lost somebody from this, I'm very sorry. Just like I'm very sorry for anybody who's lost any any, any loved one, but just to stick, like remove an emotion out of it, this has not been a bad year for flu season. Right. Uh, people die. That's just how it is. When you have seven point two billion people and three hundred and seventy million people in our country, mm-hmm. you lose hundreds of thousands, millions of people a year die. It's right. just how it is. It's just people die. Um, so 33 million Americans have lost their job at this point. And many of those people lost their job because the government said, you can't go to work. But God says work. Six days yeah. you shall work. He commands us to work. And I think it's the kind of work that um, is not just work around the house. It's not just cleaning your house, power washing your house, making your yard really nice, doing some home, home improvement projects. Right. It's the kind of work that First Timothy 5 says, if you don't provide for your household, you're worse than an unbeliever. It's, right. it's, it's, it, in the scriptures, work comes in with a trade-off. There's remuneration that comes from work. Right. Okay. So when the state says you can't do that, they're commanding you to do what God, they're, they're forbidding what God has commanded. Um, I'm thinking about um, praying for the sick. The state has not allowed me. I, I tried going to the hospital last two couple weeks ago, right. and they would not let me come. They would not let me come to pray for the sick, to lay hands on the sick, to even visit the sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. They wouldn't, let, wouldn't allow it. They are forbidding what God commands. James 5 if any of sick among you, let him let you let the prayer of faith, anoint with oil. To do that requires physical touch. Um, the Christians have always ran into sickness. We've started right. hospitals for goodness sakes. Right. I mean, all over the place. So we can't uh, lay hands lay hands on the sick, as the state says we can't. Um, greet one another with a holy kiss. That has its individual applications, but it's a it, right. it's a it's a warm brotherly greeting. And the state is saying you cannot do that. So we have several categories here. This isn't just they're saying that we can't preach the gospel or whatever it may be. There are several categories. So what do we do with that? Like how long do we go? Um, do we say, well, okay, as long as they, they get an end date for us and every month it's continued to go out. Right. You know, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But are, am I losing it, man? Or is it, are these clear things that God has told us to do that the state is saying we can't do? And then what are we to do about it? Yeah, that's those are those are good questions. And, I, you know, I think you, you in wisdom you do have to, um, weigh things as, okay. as, as leaders in your in, in your churches. Um, they, it's interesting as as all this you know we've probably read more about COVID nineteen, the history of the Spanish flu, and all those types of things than we've ever thought we would. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I did find it interesting during the Spanish flu that uh, the government didn't actually shut down churches. The pastors, for instance, in the Northeast, uh, all got together and agreed not to meet in one month right yeah, was yeah, it one month yeah it was one month yeah and yeah. so they 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 agreed the government didn't tell them what to do yeah they simply big said difference yeah it's a big huge difference, difference between mm-hmm. between the two and then they appealed back and said look we're we're going to start meeting again yeah um but it wasn't a it wasn't a government telling the church what they're going how they're going to conduct their worship and things like that which mm-hmm. is which is a problem right now. Yeah. Um, that, that's yeah, they're right. saying you can't sing, you can't receive communion. Right. Like you can't. Yeah, on, you really? can't do all those like things. The authority they, goes there. Yeah. Come on. They they can't dictate the liturgy of the church. No, I mean, absolutely that's, uh, not. And they they are they're outside 
<laughs> they're outside their lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the church, the church can't take that. The church, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think we need to be belligerent, mm-hmm. but we we can we we need to push back there and yeah. say, wait, that's too much. Yeah. Um, and so I think as the church decides, look, yeah, we think this is good. Uh, there, let's just say, move it to another situation. There's an outbreak of flu, and we got a lot of immunocompromised people, mm-hmm. and uh, we're asking you to stay home mm-hmm. so that you yeah. can't. Which so is that, biblical, quarantine right. the sick. Exactly, quarantine yeah. the sick, mm-hmm. and that's fine. They can't touch, they can't do those things. And so we're, in, in that sense, we are, uh, they're, they're not able to fulfill those commands mm-hmm. that we're talking about. However, you know, that's an exceptional yeah. type thing. It's right. not a blanket command for the entire church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like you said, it's yeah. quarantining the sick. It's taking care of them. It's taking care of the rest of the church. And so, um, but overall, like you like you mentioned, when they when they take away your livelihood, mm-hmm. uh, I think Doug Wilson brought this out in one of his articles, um, but he, referring to scripture, you can't take a man's uh, grinding stone for a pledge because when you do, you take his life. Yeah, um, that it's not a matter. It's not a matter when we're dealing with work and and uh, physical health. It's not a matter of of life versus money. Yeah, it's a matter of lives versus lives. Yeah, it is. It's lives, lives. lives yeah, lives. and so exactly it's right. it's so if I'm taking a man's livelihood, mm-hmm. again, this goes back to being human because mm-hmm. we're created to take dominion. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, whether or not we're talking about our dignity as humans mm-hmm. uh, or the fact that we're just called to provide for our family, develop the creation, yeah. um, you're talking about taking 30-plus million lives versus this number of lives. Right. And so uh, basically you're saying we'll sacrifice you for the... Exactly. And, and people are thinking it's only money. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only money. Yeah. And so, um, so that there, there is, uh, I think you're totally right there that they are overstepping their bounds. Yeah. And it's it's easy because, okay, just for the person out there who has a job and you've been working still. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does it feel like if somebody tomorrow said you've lost your job? Right. Then it becomes real personal real quick. Absolutely. I mean, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, what am I going to do? 33 million Americans are saying, what am I going to do? Right. What in the world, how am I going to provide? Right. I mean, it's a big deal. So this all, all of this is a love your neighbor. And I think with the arrows that everybody shoots back and forth at each other, there's the caricature of like, well, <laughs> if there's just to have the conversation we're having right now, especially if it was two weeks ago. I mean, everything shifts so quickly. Right. Um, basically, we want everybody to die and hate everybody, pretty much. Um, and uh, so things have shifted pretty quickly. And I think more and more people, honestly, this is uh, the 14th of May. I think more and more people are... Are kind of nodding their heads at this point and saying, "Yeah, okay, we're 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 seeing that," and right. uh, especially in more rural areas, places that don't have massive urban centers with a lot of people, um, you know. But okay, so let's go back to Romans thirteen. I've sure. got ten more minutes. We got to finish. So, okay. um, so Romans thirteen, and its application today. Gov- the governor says one thing, the law in Illinois says another thing, and that's been proven in, in the yes. court of law. Darren Bailey, if you've been keeping up with it, yes. I'm sure you have. The governor of Illinois does not have the authority to declare a state of emergency in every county for beyond 30 days. And he has done that now, and he's going to extend that. And 
his five-phase plan goes on. So now, here we're presented a problem. What is our governing authority that we're to submit to? Is it to the word of Pritzker, or is it to the law of the land, the state of Illinois? Okay, Bill, what do you say? I, I think it's the law. Yeah. But I also know that, as I mentioned, that people rule, mm-hmm. ultimately. Laws don't rule because they're inanimate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people yep. rule, and you can have wicked rulers. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like Paul and like others, um, that we should stand where we think it's right mm-hmm. and then be willing to accept the consequences yep. of wicked rulers. For instance, like the, the lady um, in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't that great? That, 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 that was great. She she she, re, she resisted because mm-hmm. this was provision for her family. Yeah. She was accused of being selfish and mm-hmm. by the judge, and he wanted her to bow and kowtow and apologize for being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't, mm-hmm. but she was willing to accept the consequences. Yeah. There's a restaurant owner in Maine. He's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. The governor's threatened to shut down his business, yep. and he said, I'll go to jail, but I'm not shutting this down. Yeah. And we have to be willing to do something like that. Yeah. Elon um, Musk. You see Elon that? Musk, And he yes. won. And he won, yes. It's amazing. Again, money, power. The small business owner does that, right. and there's threats to take away your license forever. Right. Like what happened in Heron. Right. In Heron, that happened with Camden, Camden and Newman. Oh, they, really? They opened, and the state threatened to take away their license forever. Oh, man, that, that was the I threat. Did, I didn't realize that, th- that threat. I was going to go... I was going to go there. <laughs> uh, I think they're doing curbside. I, I, think they I, doing curbside. I, don't, I don't care yeah. if they have a license yeah. or not right now. <laughs> right, so, seriously. I mean, I want to support them. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not usually one of these uh, big civil disobedience type right. guys. Right. I, I, please understand, I'm not foaming at the mouth ready to... Uh, I'm with you. I don't right. fly, don't tread on me while I go down the road. Oh, man, I just got like. a don't tread on me flag. It's coming in the mail today. <laughs> I like it. I like them, but uh, I mean, I'm not one to, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not bellicose in that way. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I do think, yeah, they've, they've, we have to obey the, I think we're a constitutional republic. Yeah. That, and the lack of civics in our education has, is showing up right now. Yeah, because individual citizens of a, of a constitutional republic have legal responsibilities yes and we are not we are submission and respect to authorities is does not mean resignation and the enabling of evil and unjust laws to continue right we have civic responsibilities and it's the same in a church i mean Mm -hmm. if if a if a member of the church uh believes that the pastor and elders are ruling unjustly Mm -hmm. there's there needs to be an appeal there needs to be someone who can call uh, and, and that's what we have, uh, I mean, our, our, our country our, our, uh, was founded mm-hmm. basically on that kind of a Presbyterian-type government mm-hmm. uh, where there is where all these courts of appeal. Uh, and so we have, we have that, and we, as Christians especially, better use it mm-hmm. for the, for the uh, securing of peace yeah. uh, and so that the gospel can spread so that we can live quiet and peaceful lives in all godliness and honesty. Uh, so that we can love our brothers and protect them from oppression. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we need to think about our children down the road. And, yes, and it's huge. What's going on here is is setting precedent. It is, and You're so we, right. we have we have absolutely to right. we do have to uh, push back in a proper way mm-hmm. because we have those systems in place. And yes, uh, there will be threats like Governor Pritzker is threatening to take away licenses of any business mm-hmm. that opens up and. 
all those types of things and and we, we're gonna have to, we're, we're gonna have to push back yeah. legally yeah and, and we we have seen that we've seen our representatives like you mentioned Darren Bailey mm-hmm. um, and others uh, who have uh, filed suit yeah and are working through the courts and that is a proper way to do it yeah okay let's finish on this I was talking to a friend pastor a pastor brother just a couple days ago and uh, one of the things that he had mentioned and we bounced back and forth and and I appreciate his conversation I, I, I learned from him and I'm thankful for him but one of the things he said that we disagreed upon is he said that that pastors don't really have the competency or the authority to speak to issues like this and I said I just pushed back I mean you, you're writing for the Kuyperian commentary yeah. website so uh, you know what's I Abraham Kuyper saying to that you know and when I think about the scriptures and the the truth that's there and the fact that Jesus is Lord of this earth yeah. and we are called into pastoral ministry and we have the sufficient scriptures in front of us and we know the limitations of the broken mind according to Romans chapter 1 right. and for those who are in authority and quote unquote experts um, who better to speak in situations like this who is more qualified and one yeah. of the things that I would argue and challenge pastors as they're listening to this, because the majority of my listeners are pastors here, speak to this. You have the best position in the world to speak truth about this situation. You have right. the scriptures in front of you, for goodness sakes. Right. And the scriptures are not silent in seasons like this. And so we must speak. Don't just let Fauci or any right. politician or your governor give all the analysis of this. You have a mind, and you have the scriptures in front of you. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I think we have an obligation to Absolutely. speak in seasons like this. Yeah, we need to, as pastors, we certainly need to recognize our limitations. We're, yeah. not, we're not doctors. Correct. Uh, we're yeah. not, I'm not doing heart surgery. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, we're not all those correct. things. Correct. However, Good point. There, there is a, um, and we need to listen to these guys to, to a great extent. But like you mentioned, we have minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the... <laughs> Uh, I'm careful here because I don't want this to come across like arrogance, but um, uh, theology is the queen of science. It is. Yep. And philosophy is her handmaiden, mm-hmm. right? Um, That's good. And so uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the issues that we're experiencing in, in today's world is the, is the blessing and bane of expertise. Mm-hmm. We've lost, Leadership culture. You know, we, we've lost yeah. the whole idea of what true university is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And one of the things about the liberal oh, arts man. and uh, everybody's an expert in this one field Specialization. And, and cannot see. Yep. Cannot see how each and every area of life relates to that field. And so they get tunnel vision. I, mm-hmm. I, like Dr. Fauci, it, at least what it appears to mm-hmm. be. I mean, he can't see economics. He no. can't see those types of things. All he sees is disease, yeah. and that's and and his his uh, opinion may or may not be valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, he's obviously been up there, you know, a long time, and maybe and he's probably a good doctor. I don't know him personally, but mm-hmm. but however, he's he only looks at the world through this lens, yeah. and he doesn't see how things relate to one mm-hmm. another. And there's more to life than physical health. There's more to life than making money. There's yeah. more to life than this or that. And it all comes together. And that's where I think as pastors, we have the responsibility because theology is, and mm-hmm. though we're not an expert, though we're kind of the jack of all trades and master of none, maybe. We need more renaissance. Man. Yeah, we've, we've got to pull all these things together and see mm-hmm. how all they relate to one another. Yep. And so that we we don't have the, uh, I don't I, 
the the privilege of being experts, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the or the maybe I should say we don't have the luxury yeah. of being experts in one field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have to we have to pull all these things together, and especially when we preach and say yeah. and and hold checks on all the specialists mm-hmm. and say and say and because we have to define what all of life is from the scriptures mm-hmm. and say for instance all right yeah you're right maybe this illness is uh, a real threat mm-hmm. but should you live with the fear of death keeping you in bondage because yeah. hebrews 2 speaks directly to that mm-hmm. that's how the devil keeps you in yeah. bondage and so should you do that are you yeah of course take precautions mitigate mm-hmm. risk but are you not fulfilling your mission as the image of God yeah. because you're in bondage of fear of of a microbe. Yeah, seriously. And, 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 and like, for instance, also, like, okay, what's God doing with this? There's yeah. no frame of reference from experts about... The scriptures give us wisdom into, you know, again, categories or situations like this to say, okay, what does God, what does God desire? What, is, what does he want in situations like this? Well, we, repentance would be one. Yeah. Both individual and national. Right. And there's not going to be any media outlet that's talking about that. No. There's not going to be, I mean, you're not going to see MSNBC talking about <laughs> it. You're not going to see Fox News talking about CBS. You know, you're not going to get Anderson Cooper up there talking about what we really need. Certainly not. Is, is you know, you know, I mean, uh, sackcloth and ashes and wailing before the Lord in repentance. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? No. <laughs> like, right. So the, we have to speak to things like this. Again, you're great point we're not ex- we're not we're not medical doctors we're not experts in this but we we have to speak to it because the scriptures speak to it it gives us a lens by which we see right. everything even the coronavirus right so precisely it's good okay i got a guy coming to meet me right now so we got to close up shop yeah so it's fine man it's thanks for coming a, it's been a joy we need to do it again we'll do it okay thanks a lot right. everybody thanks for listening thank you for listening for more information please visit the shepherdscrook.co For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.